Thanks for listening to the podcast from River's Edge Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information or to gather with us on Sundays, please visit our website at respokane.org. We hope this message is impactful for you and others as we pursue the way of Jesus together. We'll go ahead and get started here this morning. I'm great to be with you, especially if you're new. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, My name's Matt. I'm one of the leaders here. Uh, And if you were here, if it's not your first Sunday and you were here with us last Sunday, you know that we um, just last Sunday ended uh, our year-long, actually year and three-month-long study through the scriptures cover to cover. So we started in Genesis in fall of 2018 and worked our way all the way through the Bible uh, and finished with the closing verses of Revelation last Sunday. So we've just tied off this long series that we've been in for the last year plus. Uh, And if you're going to be here with us next Sunday, we're actually really excited because we're going to start off 2020 with 24 hours of prayer. Um, here in this building. Uh, and next Sunday morning will kind of be the kickoff to that. So it'll just be kind of a, a morning of worship and prayer as we start looking forward, anticipating, praying into uh, some of the things that we see on the horizon for 2020. Uh, so we're excited for next Sunday and uh, the, all the prayer that's going to happen there. And if, you're, if you um, still wanted to sign up for a spot or just show up at the building anytime in that 24 hours, you're totally welcome to do that. Uh, we're excited for that. We're excited for the new series that we're going to start after that as we get into 2020. But this Sunday sort of sits in between the two, uh, in between the series that we just finished last Sunday and into the new thing that we'll be jumping into in 2020, and I'm particularly excited for this morning uh, because this morning we're officially announcing that we're going to be doing a church plant to Portland, Maine, uh, a mere 3,000 miles away. Um, But it's really exciting for us for a number of reasons. If you've been here with us for any amount of time over the last three years since we planted the church, you know that, that since we planted three years ago, we've had this dream not just of planting a new church, but of actually planting a church that would eventually establish itself and turn around and plant new churches. Uh, And the church plant that we're announcing today will be the first one that's actually birthed out of this community. So we're very excited for that. And the plan for this morning, rather than me doing a teaching out of the scriptures or someone else doing a teaching out of the scriptures, as would be our usual kind of custom, uh, we're just going to talk about this church plant. Uh, this, this team that you see behind me is the team so far. Uh, it's not closed, but these are the people who already know that they're called to go, um, pack up all of their stuff, and move 3,000 miles away to Portland, Maine. And so what I want us to do this morning is just hear about their story so far as it's unfolded up to this point, and then we're going to take some time to begin getting behind them as a community and uh, praying and supporting them. Sound good? Okay, awesome. Chris, why don't you get us started? Awesome. I'm going I'm to give us a little background, uh, just kind of a, a little backdrop b- before we start getting into the, the, the sequential events that, that started unfolding to bring us to the point of, of saying Portland, Maine was where we were all called to. 
So for close to 10 years, um, Alex and I have known that we were being led into full-time ministry and church planning specifically about seven to seven and a half years ago. Um, we were actually part of a church plant in Jacksonville, Florida, prior to moving here to Spokane. And it was there about seven, seven and a half years ago that God started laying on our hearts church planning. Um, we, we didn't really know what that would entail or what that would look like, um, but it was at that point that we, we, we really started knowing like, hey, this is something we need to pray into. And, and so we started seven, seven and a half years ago. We were at a church plant, and we were actually praying about walking out, walking that calling out. What, what did that look like? And so we grabbed, we had a group of close people that we were praying through. And in the, in the midst of that, in the midst of this realization that, hey, this is something that we're called to, um, God actually did something that we weren't planning, and, and, he, and he called us to Spokane, Washington. Um, it was actually a dream my wife had six years prior to that uh, that sparked this, and through some amazing confirmations along the way. We packed up our bags, moved to a city we've never been to. Uh, we didn't know anybody yet. And all of our family, friends, everybody was on the other side of, to us, the other side of the world. I know it's Florida, and maybe to some of you guys, Florida is the other side of the world. <laughs> if you've ever watched the news, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, but yeah, so we, she had a dream. It was, it, it, and I won't go into the long details, but I think it's, it's just kind of a cool little note um, she had a dream about a city with a river running through it with gondolas going over it and mountains in the distance. And um, I, now all of you guys live in Spokane, so you know that that is Spokane. Uh, and we packed up our bags after that dream and some confirmations and ended up moving here to Spokane, Washington, where we were part of a, another church plant. And as I was writing this out and thinking through this and praying through this, I kept, I, I, I had this epiphany. It's like it took me this long to realize that literally for the last almost decade, We've been part of church plants. And so we ended up packing up our bags. We moved to Spokane, Washington. We got, we got connected with a church plant called Grace Church, which is um, actually a church plant that many of, I'm not saying many, but quite a few families here that were part of that, that church plant, the Battersons, the, the Easterbrooks, the Christiansons, the Martins. Um, and we ended up being a part of that church plant. And towards the tail end before this church plant disbanded, um, we were actually getting prepped to be sent out to plant a church. So, you know, we, we moved halfway across the country to a, a place we've never been um, because of something that God was speaking. And finally, we felt like God was starting to do the things that he was um, speaking to us years prior. However, the church disbanded, and, you know, to, to our dismay, we ended up um, thinking we were getting prepped to plant a church, and everything ended. And so we were, we were a bit distraught, to say the least, and we ended up following— uh, I say following, of course, you, you, I would like to tell you that I, that I heard a thus says the Lord on where we were supposed to go, but I was so distraught. My wife um, was having, having a hard time with the, you know, the church plant closing down, and we ended up following you know, some of our close friends here to River's Edge. And in hindsight, looking back on it, I, I would have I told you during that period of time that I didn't know why we were here. Uh, you know, I was starting to question everything. Like I just uprooted my whole family from Jacksonville, Florida, which is totally different than Spokane, Washington, uh, all because of this dream. And literally, I felt like, like God, like what is happening? Like, like what's going on? I, I, I thought we were. I thought if for for a moment, I thought we were going to plant a church here in Spokane, Washington. But long story short, we ended up um, after Grace Church. Obviously, we're here at uh, River's Edge, and. I look back on it and I realize that, that we, we so needed this place. And this place has been so life-giving, um, so encouraging. And it ended up being this period of time for, I don't know, maybe a year and a half-ish, 
where literally I wasn't, after Grace Church closed down, I wasn't thinking about planting a church at that point. I knew one day in the future, maybe years down, down the road, um, but I wasn't thinking that. I didn't, at that point, I was kind of like, Lord, let that pass for me. Like, I don't want to do this again, and I don't want to uproot wh- where we were living because I actually started to love it here. Uh, Spokane, Washington, <clears throat> prior to all, all what I'm about to share with you next, which I think is the first uh, checkpoint, or, or I would say this is the first moment where God really solidified, like, now is the time. But right before he did this, and right before I'm going to share that, that little um, story with you, we literally had conversations about us retiring here. Like, it was like, hey, we're going we're gonna to live here forever. I mean, maybe not here, maybe Coeur d'Alene. Maybe we may go, f- right? <laughs> maybe Sandpoint. I don't know. Sand, Sandpoint was on my list. Maybe we argued a little bit, like Coeur d'Alene, Sandpoint, but it definitely wasn't Portland, Maine. I, I never even thought about Portland, Maine. And literally, I think the last time was when I was in elementary, and we were learning about the different states. Um, that is the last time. But so this moment that really, I think, started this whole, this whole story uh, was in the spring of 2019. Yeah, so it had been this spring. We were walking out of church. Uh, it was a sermon that had nothing to do with church planning and literally nothing that you could even connect to church planning whatsoever. And I, we walked to the car, and sometime between the sermon and us being in the car, something happened. And I shared with her when she sat in the car, we were like, actually, I think parking, literally where we're parking now. And we walked straight out, sat in the car. I looked at her and I said, Alex, everything God has spoken to us about church planning is coming to fruition. Now is the season. And after I said it, I was thinking, literally my wife, our conversations for the past year was how she was never going to leave. That was literally what she was telling me. We're not going to leave. We're staying here. We're staying at River's Edge. And one day, the only place I will move to is when we retire, maybe to Sandpoint. So we're not leaving. So I'm turning to her, t- turning to my wife and telling her this, thinking she's going to be like, like, obviously not jumping on board. But she turns to me and said, I know. And I was like, what? She's always two steps ahead. Um, and she, she turned to me and said, I, I like, yeah, it's true. Uh, but yeah, she turned to me and she said, I know. And, and, and we ended up having this amazing conversation right after that about you know, how the fact that God has been speaking that to her um, before he was even speaking that to me. So I'm going to let her kind of take the story from there. Okay, so yeah. So let's rewind a little bit to fall, winter of 2018 where I just had such a deep sense that God was doing something really deep and new within me, but not just within me, but within our church body. Like I remember telling Chris when I would come to church, I'm like, something is changing here and I can't quite put my finger on it, but the spirit is doing something. And I remember spending all my time in prayer, the Lord just kept bringing up the word remembrance, remember, remember. And I just kept saying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to remember? And he kept bringing up old words and old dreams that he had spoken over Chris and I for the last decade. And he like was asking me to go through my journals and read them. And I was like, okay, God, I see them. I I remember them. So I sat in that season of like fall, winter, spring, just sitting on all of these promises of God and all of these words. And oftentimes, you guys, I was like, these are impossible. I don't know how these are going to happen. And this person and these people who you call us out to be, they're like light years away. I don't know how we're going to get there. So, but I sat on it because God was just working something deep in my heart. So when we had that moment in March where we stepped out and I looked at Chris and I said, 
I know is because I wasn't surprised. I already knew that God was doing something so deep and new inside of us and within our church. So it was no surprise at all that he was doing it. So as we drive home and we're just kind of sitting on everything and I'm sharing more with Chris and meditating on what's happening, I tell him, I'm like, hey, you should really talk to Matt and just share what's going on with him, like fill him in that, you know, this stuff has been happening. So I remember the Sunday that Chris did, and and he goes over to Matt and asks Matt to pray for him. And when he was walking back to me, I'm like, okay, so what did you tell him? And what did he tell you? Like, what happened? He's like, oh, you know, nothing. I was like, well, what did you say to him? He's like, I just told him there's like some old stuff from the past coming up. And I'm like, that's it? Like, that kind of sounds a little negative. Old stuff from the past, like that could be good or bad. I'm like, okay. And he's like, so it was just a really vague, short prayer. And I was like, huh, okay. But the thing that we didn't know at the time was that when Matt laid hands on Chris, he got church planting, but he didn't say anything to Chris or I for a while. So he just sat with that. And I'm over here like, really, that's all you told Matt? (laughs) So we um, come back from the Montana conference. I can't remember exactly when that was, uh, but we actually had a meeting set up with the Battertons and with Deason to actually discuss some the way that our last church plant closed, the Grace Church, just to kind of facilitate a space where we could talk about how we felt about it and see if there was anything we needed help to process. So we were going to that, you know, just excited to share from our perspective how things went. But right before we go to this meeting, we're sitting in the car and Chris and I experienced probably the most intense spiritual attack we have ever been under as a couple. Like if you would have asked us a few minutes before that how our marriage was, we would have told you it's actually really good. Like God is really good and we're in a really good place. All of a sudden we were in a terrible place, like terrible place. And we were just looking at each other like this is a really strange thing. Like what is happening? And then I remember when we both were just like, we're just going to pray because this isn't normal. This is, this is definitely the enemy attacking us. And I remember we sat there and we prayed and after a couple minutes, we could just feel this heaviness, like just lift and just, we just had clarity and we're like, okay, we need to go to this meeting. Like when we're like, literally like in five minutes, we're starting. We knew that we were under attack, but we knew that God had just cleared this horrible attack that we were in the middle of. So we walk in and we're sharing kind of our history. The Battertons weren't at Grace Church very long before they actually joined River's Edge. So they didn't know a lot of Chris and I's story and same with Matt. So in order to kind of share our interactions with Grace, Chris was kind of giving them a backdrop of how we got to Grace Church and then started to touch on the preparations that were being made for us to in the future plan to church out of Grace Church. So when Chris started sharing that, the conversation took a turn because I remember Matt mentioning something about like, well, I was kind of trying to figure out when I would bring this up and how to like squeeze this into this meeting that has nothing to do with church planting. But now since we're there, let us just talk about when I prayed for you, I got church planting. And then the meeting just turned into this like amazing meeting of encouragement and confirmation and affirmation of just so many words that the Battertons and Deason were just confirming and speaking over us that they had no idea were spoken over us for a decade. Like, I was literally bawling the entire meeting, you guys, because I was not expecting what happened to happen at all. So the meeting leaves. We leave the meeting, and we just know this is a season. Like, God is doing something huge in everything that he was bringing out to remember. So now we're going to kind of fast forward to when we officially meet the Albions. We met them a few times, but the first time we had, like, our real first interaction was at our friend Margie's baby shower, 
in the park in the summer after everybody left, the, th the four of us sat there talking for like three hours that could have probably lasted another 12, to be quite frank. We just had such a connection instantly with each other and we were just sharing just deep truths of God that had gripped our families. And I remember getting in the car and being like, who are these people? Like, why do I feel so connected to them? And are, is it just me? I hope it's not just me because that'll be an awkward conversation when I'm like, hey, I really feel connected to you. Do you feel connected to us? <laughs> so we left that meeting and just, I told Chris, I was like, we just need to be praying about this. Like, I really feel like there's something more than just like, I like them as the people they are. There's something deeper. So we actually planned a day trip up to Sandpoint just to have another time together and to talk. And it just really confirmed what we were sensing. Like there was something really deep that God was doing and knitting our families together. And, you know, we left that trip again just saying, okay, we really are going to pray about this. But I want to bring this up to them and I want them to be praying with us and see if they're sensing the same thing. Like do they feel the same connection? And we had gone on a Saturday. So actually Sunday morning. Um, I was talking to Megan and Megan runs to me and basically like, yes, like we feel this deep connection to you guys and, and we want to be praying about this. And last night, Stephen asked me, he's like, hey, Megan, what would you say if I said, let's scratch our plans about moving to California and we go plant a church with the low seeds? And she was like, yeah, if that's what God is calling us to, then yeah. So we were all kind of in this like, okay, so obviously God is doing something here. So we're going to intentionally pray about this. But at the same time, we knew that their plans were to move to California, but God was also doing something. So I remember at one point we joked, we're like, well, I mean, we can plant a church in Reading. I mean, Reading needs a church too. But then different things started kind of rolling and, and taking place. And this is where Megan will fill in the rest of the gaps. Forewarning, I'm like so nervous. I don't know why. Um throw that out there. Also, when Stephen said, hey, what do you think about planting a church with the Lozies? As soon as that thought hit, that thought was dropped. Um, I didn't know it was dropped. And actually, I got reprimanded in the car for sharing it with Alex because he wasn't actually there. It was just a weird thing he just said, I guess. And so my bad. Um, so I'm just going to give you a tad bit of a backstory of how we're involved in all of this, because um, you're probably wondering. Uh, for us, actually, things started about two years ago. The first domino was actually when Steve Oliver came here and he preached. Um, and I actually was in the back with Joe Sheb because he was a little, little, little guy and he made a lot of noise, so I was back there with him. And I remember at the end of the service, didn't actually know what was preached, but everybody was like, like almost the whole church was up here getting prophesied and prayed for. And I was like, I want that too. I don't care if I, I like, I don't have to be in the message to get prayed for. So I see Stephen's getting prayed for. And then I, I passed Jojo off to my mother-in-law who was here at the time. And I stand over there and I'm waiting for Steve to get to me. And Stephen is standing behind me and Steve gets to me and goes, this is your husband. And I said, yes. And he goes, be prepared for a crazy adventure. I just prophesied some amazing, powerful things over him. And I remember being like, cool. Don't really care about how awesome my husband is. I'm in a spiritual drought. Somebody speak to me. Um, and guess what? Steve had nothing for me, so that felt great, but Matt had something for me, and what Matt actually had was literally the season I was in, and it was about a drought, and then and a monsoon was coming, and I'm not going to go into the details, but it was about my reawakening, and that's when it began. Um, so time goes on, and Stephen and I get more connected with River's Edge, and all of a sudden, things start changing. Stephen starts getting these prophetic words after prophetic word about his calling into ministry. And at the time, Stephen had nothing, wanted nothing to do with ministry. And he's like, well, in my job that I plan on doing, God's going to use me in ministry. And I was, and, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, 
God doesn't just call people, like specifically say ministry, unless it's like typical ministry, I feel like, because we're all called into ministry. Like that should just be like an unwritten thing. Like wherever you are, you're in ministry. And so I was like, but why is God saying he has this gift of ministry? If I don't know, it just seemed redundant if, if it was that. Um, and then we were meeting with Matt more often. And um, I remember at one point we were at Matt's house and he, he says the words pastoral gifting over my husband. And he tenses up. I don't know if Matt noticed, but Stephen is like, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> um, and Matt even, he even asked, he's like, what would you guys do if God called you to plant a church? Me on the inside, I'm like, something just jumped. And I was like, wow, do I want to plant a church someday? Like, like something in me was happy. Stephen was like, no, scared. Nope, not my calling. This is no. And then, <laughs> and then we get in the car and he was frustrated because we, we know Matt and we trust that Matt doesn't just throw around words lightly. And this is derailing our plans. Um, and he was like, if I am called into ministry, my soul will die. <laughs> Those were his exact words. <laughs> um, and so I just stayed quiet and, and, and kept my excitement to myself. And um, then me and Stephen went to Greece, and I think some of you guys know that that was just a really amazing experience for the both of us. But after Greece, I had no peace about moving back to California. Not because I didn't want to. Actually, I was the one convincing him to move back to California. And then I was like, well, actually, I don't have peace about it. So I was throwing the wrench in the plan. And um, I just really felt like God wasn't done with us here. But then there was this, this warring thing inside of me because my husband had this dream of going into the FBI, DEA, or something like that and going to college. And I wanted to support his dreams because I, I like him. He's awesome. And I want him to succeed in life. And so it was, it was hard because I wanted to honor my husband and help him achieve his dreams. But I felt like God wasn't even, like something else was going on. And so there was a little struggle. Um, and then we met the Losies, and there was a deep connection for the both sides of the story. And I remember we got in the car, and me and Stephen were like, what the heck? Why are we meeting them six months before moving to California? These are people that we want to do life with. Like, we actually were praying that they would come to California with us and plant a church secretly, hoping that that would happen, because we did. We felt so connected to them. Um, our first conversation was, like, two friends that have been friends for years and years, just, like, getting together again. And it was just strange supernatural. Um, and then as time grew closer for Stephen to get out of the military, I just grew more anxious with our plans. Um, I was super unsettled and felt like the Lord was not calling us back to California. But my husband was definitely adamant that we are, we are going back to California. And so, and this also was a really tough season. I was running a daycare in my home, working 60 plus hours. So I didn't get to see him a lot because he's working night shifts. So like months, about two months, we weren't seeing each other more than an hour a day. And then he was in Texas. Um, and so the struggle was real. And September 6th, I had a dream. And God has only given me a couple of dreams in my life where I'm like, that was a God dream. And usually it's a warning. Um, and they come into fruition soon after. And in this dream, Stephen and I were packing up our trailer, getting ready to move to California. Matt, Tracy, Janie, and the Losies were there. And they wanted to speak to Stephen. And they encouraged him to go talk to Stephen. Stephen told me and JoJo to wait by the car. And Matt lays his hand in and starts talking to Stephen. I didn't get to hear what he was saying, sorry. But he's talking to Stephen, and then Stephen just says, no, we're moving to California, and like just was so apprehensive, and he yelled, like, Megan, get in the car, we're going. So I just, I do that, I get in the car, and we're leaving, and as I turn back, everybody is on their like knees weeping, like weeping, and um, 
Like there was just such a, a sense that we were going against God's will. I don't know why I started to get emotional there. Um, and I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, God is, God is doing something and we're going against God's will. And that's a scary place to be. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. Um, it's a scary place to be to not feel like you're in the Lord's will. And so I told Stephen about the dream, still unsure if it was really from God, but I think it really was. <laughs> and then not too long after, we got back-to-back prophetic words that kind of had to do with Stephen's calling and taking blinders off. Uh, thank you, Donald, for that. <laughs> it was a really good word. Um, and so I told Stephen, I actually called him while he was in Texas um, and said, hey, I think something's up. And then I started to panic while he was gone, and I called Alex because she's been mentoring me. And I was like, Alex, I think God, like I think we're going against God's will. And I just like threw up all these words and fears and just started crying and she was just there with me and she's like but God is good and she's like yeah I know this like I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want you to think that I was just trying to keep you but like I kind of knew this was going on two steps ahead um all the time and and so she's like I encourage you to just talk to Stephen and really pray for God's will to come into fruition um and then the next day she texts me she's like hey the Lord gave me this scripture not sure if I should give it to you um but here it is and it's isaiah 30 and the title of it is woe to the obstinate nation and it was about the children of israel turning from god's will and i remember reading it during nap time at my daycare and i'm just like shaking because i was like wow that was intense so i facetimed stephen things got super emotional because i am kind of a terrible communicator sometimes (laughs) um and i was just like pointing fingers at him even though he was feeling it too he was just struggling and we just haven't had time to talk. Um, and he comes home, and I, I remember this conversation that we had, and I reminded him of it. I remember sitting on the couch one morning, and he was like, I don't want to be a man of God who just goes to church on Sunday and reads his Bible. I want to be able to go before God and say, I did the hard things. Like, I gave up my life for you. I sacrificed it all. And so in this season, I looked at him, and I was like, God is giving you that opportunity to be that man right now, and we're fighting it. And I was like, so we can either be the, the man that you want to be and the woman that I want to be, or we could just ignore it. Um, so we prayed. We called the Lozies over, and we prayed with them. And let me tell you guys, that prayer session in our living room was one of the most powerful prayer ses- sessions I've ever had in my home. Like, the Holy Spirit was so heavy. And I just like, knew 100%, like, yes, we're planting with Lozies. And I'm, like, trying to read my husband. The Lozies finally leave, even though I didn't want them to go, but they left. And I looked at Steve, and I was like, what is going on in your head? And he's like, we're going with them. And so I texted her, and I was like, we're pulling a Ruth. Wherever you go, we go. Um, and it was just decided that we are now following them. And I just wanted to share, like, there are things in my heart that only the creator of my being could know that I desired. Like, there are things that I didn't even know I desired until this season came to be. And I'm like, this is God because he's answering prayers that I didn't even know that I was praying. And, and it's beautiful. And the fact that God is calling us, like, there's nothing special here, guys. <laughs> like, uh, no offense to us, but like, <laughs> God is calling my family to move and, and do his will. The fact that he loves me so much to be like, no, give it all up for me, and I will show you how beautiful a relationship with me can be. Um, so, yeah. Now I pass it. Um, so now it's my husband's turn to tell you how his spirit would die or something. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> So here I was, and obviously I was in the midst of just inner ter- turmoil, honestly, of not of knowing, but definitely not wanting to go. Um, I, I I had my plan set. I knew what I was going to do, 
And yet God's calling me in this completely different direction, something that I had never seen myself doing. And whenever I thought of it, I just thought it was, <laughs> wasn't going to be fun. There wasn't going to be any anything for it. Um, the adventure, I'm, I've always been an adventure seeker. There wasn't going to be adventure in it. It was just the basic. Here it is. Um, and and I, I've always been that adventure seeker, what, whether it was my hobbies, my career, my relationship with my wife. Um, I've always wanted to do something new, something fun, um, something out of the ordinary. And nine years ago, my dad written my Bible, um, in his will you will find treasures, mysteries, and an adventure to find. So I saw that, I read it, and I was like, that's not for me. I never thought it was for me. Because that's only for some people. That's for the, the abnormal, the giants of faith, the champions. And I'm just a normal Christian guy here. Um, how could God call me? And it would be so boring. I'd, I wouldn't know what to do. So I get on the phone with one of my buddies, and I tell him the whole situation, what's going on. And he's like, Stephen, you just need to surrender it. You need to give it up. Whatever your dreams, whatever your passions are, you want to be in the will of God. You want to be in the midst of it. But you can't do that if you're going the opposite direction. You've got to surrender this stuff. <sighs> Jeez. So over the next couple of days, I, I do exactly that. I just, I wake up before everybody else and I'm praying and, and seeking God. And I'm like, God, I give these dreams, these passions that I've held on to for the past seven years, I give them to you. I want to be in your will. So a couple days later, the Lozies come over and we get into a crazy prayer session. And in the middle of it, I just feel, feel God's peace and saying, like, you need to go with him. If, if you want to be in my will, then you need to follow them. And at that time, at the end of the session, I don't, you probably remember, Chris is like, hey, we need to pray for excitement. And at this point, they were like, I don't, is Stephen even coming with us? Like, we don't even like, but, but we're, I'm going to have the audacity to pray for excitement because maybe you'll go. I don't know. So um, we just start praying into it, <clears throat> specifically Chris and Alex and Megan. And I'm like, yeah, excitement. Woohoo. Um, so we start praying into it. And that's exactly what happens is I just start getting excited about it. Um, I've. I've always wanted to be a man of integrity and a man of faith. And when I was thinking about that, I was like, okay, this is the first step in that. This is how I succeed. This is how I start down that path. Is I can't, I can't claim those things. I can't get that victory or that namesake without stepping out. Without, if I'm standing in the corner, then how's that? that I'm not letting God work through me. So, Megan had kind of alluded to my plan beforehand, and simply it was just to get out of the military, um, get my degree, and go into some federal law enforcement gig, um, and then retire on some mountain alone kind of a thing um, without planting a church. Um, <laughs> but when God intervened, he showed me a gl glimpse of his plan, and he showed me just what he could do and, and through that, I've just felt this immense amount of freedom. And actually, I was talking to Megan last night, Coulter. 
you had given me a word right before this had happened. And you said, God kept on coming up to me. I was dragging a wagon up a mountain. And um, he kept on coming up, and he's like, hey, you need me to help? I can help. And I was like, no, I've got it. Um, and then finally he came over, and he grabbed the wagon from me. And so I think I'm beginning to step into that time of, God, here you go. I want to, to sit in the, in the passenger seat. I, I want you to be in control of my life. I want you to drive um, and me just to, to be in wonder of where you're taking me. So often I think we know exactly what we want, whether it's a job, a relationship, a career, any number of things. But we miss out on the opportunity of surrendering it to God and seeing if he has a plan that resonates deeper and in direct correlation with what, what he's planted in us, what kind of like Megan had said, what, what we don't even see, but he sees. And so that's kind of what's happening just right now is I, I get to live this adventure. There is an adventure in it. I get to be a part of God's will, and it's so fun. So I'm just excited about the future and what's going to happen. And now I'll hand it back to Chris and let him talk about Maine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, after, uh, so after all this stuff starts unfolding, <clears throat> we ended up, having another prayer meeting so we had two and, and after the second one we all concluded like okay this is you know god you are behind this um and and we're, we're going to bring it up to matt and tracy so we ended up scheduling a meeting with matt and tracy and and you know so, so we ended up meeting with them and we're actually sitting in that corner over actually back there and you know, we share we, we share basically what we're sharing with you guys uh maybe a little bit longer uh but we shared this, you know, all the amazing things that God was doing. All we knew at that point was, was one thing. We were planting a church, and we were planting with the Albions. Outside of that, we didn't, we didn't know anything else. Where we were planting, when we were planting, none of those things were worked out. But we did know we're in the season, whatever that means. So we ended up, you know, talking with uh, Matt and Tracy. We shared the whole story. Um, after it ended, it was, I remember the question before we ended, do you guys know where? And we're like, nope. Everybody said it unanimously. We're all like, have no idea. And literally two minutes after we ended up sharing the story, Matt and Tracy walk off, and uh, Megan walks to her chair. We end up following her, and she, she says to us, she's like, hey, guys, I don't, really feel, I don't know if I should share this. I'm kind of like hesitant on sharing it. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, and she's like, you know, I've been praying, and, and I, I keep getting Maine. And, and I'm like, get out. I'm like, get out of Houston or get out of Spokane. Um, and, and so I, I basically tell her, I, I tell them, I'm like, all right, there's been some stuff that's happening. We need to go get lunch. So we go over to Chipotle and we end up start, we start sharing again. Megan shares her story, like what ended up happening. I was praying. I got Maine and I said, you would not believe this, but I don't know what a week, two weeks before, about two weeks before that I was sitting on the couch and Alex was sitting next to me. And I have this, the, I don't know if you've ever had like a, a download where God gives you revelation in like one second, but he gives you a book, right? He gives you like more than what you'd get in a second. And, and I had that moment, but instead of it being like revelation, it was a love for New England. So I'm sitting on the couch. She's sitting next to me. And all of a sudden I'm like, I turn to her and I'm like, I love New England. And she's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? 
because she knows I dis like I don't just dislike the Northeast. Like I had like an unhealthy disdain for the Northeast. Um, if you've ever been around me, I've probably made jokes about the Northeast, um, and that was my Nineveh. Like I was never going to go to to the Northeast. That's fine. I mean, maybe the Southwest. Um, heck, I think I'd pick North Dakota over. And no offense, guys, but I I would pick North Dakota over uh, anywhere in the Northeast. And so it it but it was. But in a second, I went from, I would never live in that place to all of a sudden me being like, I love this place. What? Like, wh why is this happening? And she was in shock too. She's like, I did not know what's going on. But uh, she ended up having confirmation the night before, which I didn't know. Of course, like I said, she's always, feels like she's always a step ahead. Um, and so she had a dream, I think it was the night before, wasn't it? Or two nights? Two nights, see the number two, two steps ahead, two days before. So she ended up getting, getting confirmation on this. So I share it with her, um, New England, this, this love, and I start praying into it, and I keep praying and getting Maine, keep getting drawn to it. I'm like, Lord, let it be Vermont at least. Like, you know, maple syrup, they got these amazing maple donuts. Like, let it be there. And uh, it was, and it kept going back to Maine. And so I share this with, uh, with them while we're eating lunch. She shares she got Maine. I share that I got it, and I basically said, said this to him, I said, I, I didn't want, I told the Lord that I wasn't gonna share unless somebody else got it first. Like, I didn't want it to be me. I didn't want it to be me being like, hey, here's Maine, like, you know, I, let it be somebody else. And, and he did that, he, he did the exact thing that I prayed for, which was he gave it to Megan and Megan had it first. I shared, I shared that Alex had confirmation. And then right when we ended, uh, Stephen, right at the tail end was like, hey, before we leave, I'm paraphrasing again, he was like, I've been praying, I got Maine as well. And so within an hour after meeting and telling them, telling Matt and Tracy, hey, we don't know where we're planting, two hours later, we're like, all right, I guess we're planting in Maine. And so at, at this point, we have, we have some more confirmations and we're probably not gonna get into it in regard to Portland specifically. But um, at this point, this is, this is kind of the, the, the beginning stages of what ends up unfolding with uh, Beth and Coulter. So yeah, so lots more confirmations in regards to Portland and Maine, just crazy in prayer time. And it, it would take a whole nother 30 minutes to even go into it. But I'm going to share what was happening with me when while they were all talking about Maine, because like Chris said, a couple days before this happened with him, I wasn't surprised because the Lord had brought something up in my heart in prayer. And it, it was in regards to that region and in regards to like, just in order for him to even hear the fact that I prayed about this, he his heart would have to have been softened towards that region. Like that's that's how it was. It was in Nineveh. So I was like, wow, God, okay, you're doing something there. But while we were having lunch and they're discussing Maine, I just suddenly feel Beth's name drop on my heart. And I was like, whoa, okay, Lord. And I just felt the Lord say, this is going to be such a good place for her. And I was like, okay. I was like, that's my best friend's kid, okay? And I already have to announce to my best friends that we're leaving. And like Chris had said, I had no plans of leaving ever. Like I was staying here. This is not, I was not leaving. And so I'm sitting at lunch and I'm like, okay, okay. So I'm, I get home and I'm praying and I'm like, Lord, please confirm it to Donald and through Donald and Jen. Confirm it to them that they feel that Beth should come with us. So I'm praying and I remember we, 
uh, Jen, Jen and I had had coffee the day after I had shared with them what was going on and just updating it on, my, on everything. And she had mentioned to me last night when I was praying, I had a sense that I wouldn't just be saying goodbye to you guys, but that I would also be saying goodbye to Beth because she was going with you, not because she was going to London. And I looked at her like, you did? And I was like, well, let me tell you what happened yesterday when we were discussing May. And I'm like, she was on my heart, but I was praying that God would confirm it through you and Donald, because this is a big thing. Like, I, I want confirmation, you know, before I just take your child with me. And so then Jen and I are riding in my car, running some errands, and Donald texts our group text message, and he says to Chris and I, hey, guys, this has been on my heart all day, and I, re all day, and I really think that you guys should pray about inviting Beth to come with you, because I really feel like there's something there. So now I'm just like, okay, God, obviously there's something here. So... Basically, I share with them what, what had happened. Beth was coming over later that afternoon to have some coffee with me, and she's going to share from that point. Well, I'll probably share from the night before when they came over. So that was like Tuesday night. And so we're all like chilling in the living room, hanging out, chatting, having a good time, and then they decide to bring up no, I'm joking. They, um, no, they, they bring up, we already knew that they were going to church plant. We just didn't know where. And so they're like, okay. And Chris goes, we're moving to New England, Maine. And I kind of sat there. And the first thought that went through my head was, God, that's not the right England. That's not the England I've been praying for. That's not, I was like, that's no, <laughs> I was like, that's not, I was like, funny. That's not it. Like, I'm, I'm like, that's not where I want to go. And instantly, I was like, no, yeah, you're, you're going. And I was like, well, so then I was leaving to go to a young adults meeting. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to like, I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, I'm meeting with Alex next day. I'm like crying. I'm like, okay, God, if this is from you, give Alex a crazy dream, have her bring it up to me, tell her she wants me to come and give me reasons why I should come. And um, so then... I like go and I like shared it with my friends and we're kind of praying about it, but nothing really came up about it. So then the next day I'm at in her driveway and I'm like, okay, God, this is all on you. I'm not going to bring anything up. You're going to have to like, Alex is going to have to bring it up. I'm like, it's going to have to be all you. And so I get into her house and we're like 10 minutes into like hanging out and she's like, okay, sit down. I have to talk to you. And like instantly I was like, oh no, <laughs> I was like, no. And so we're sitting down she's like, so, I've been praying and I pretty much you should come with us and I've been praying that your parents would say you should come with us and they've agreed as well and I'm like sitting there and I'm sobbing again I was like it's not where I want to go that's not where I've been praying for but um even though I've been praying like for like the last like year that God would send me back to London and like have had all these opportunities to potentially move back there God has been like no that's not it that's not it I have much bigger plans for you Whatever those plans are, I had no idea. Now I do. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's kind of how I got roped in. So, <laughs> so, but in like a good way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to pass it on to Coulter. Oh, okay. How are we doing? That's been a lot of talking. Um, yeah. <laughs> and now you get to hear me talk for a little bit. Um, just a little reminder, I uh, just wanted to share, um, believe it or not, this is a very small version of the story, um, and if you guys have any questions for us or want to hear more, um, we'd be happy to share it afterwards at any time, um, because it's, it's an amazing story, what God has done. So, um, 
now it's my turn. Here we go. Um, so I was planning, um, after I graduated from Eastern, to spend a year in England as well, the same as Beth, um, to do some interning with Ray Lowe's church, um, Biggin Hill. Um, I don't know. Most of you have met Ray Lowe before. And so I was planning on doing that. And in the same feeling that Chris has had, um, have never had a desire to go to the Northeast in my life. Um, never wanted to go new, to New York. Never, definitely never wanted to go to Maine. Um, there was nothing that drew me there. There was nothing interesting about it. Um, and I'd actually heard from my parents um, when they had initially huddled up that they were thinking about planting in Maine. Um, and my first reaction was, you know, God bless them. Uh, thank God I don't have to go there. Uh, little did I know. Um, uh, and so they were meeting uh, Beth and the rest of the team was circling up. Uh, I guess that's six weeks ago now. Ooh, time flies. And um, they were meeting, and as I was walking out of the church, I felt like God laid on my heart that I should pray for them. Uh, so I went home, sat down, turned on some worship music, started praying, just praying blessing, don't know what the Lord was wanting to share. Um, and then I heard God speak to me, and he said the phrase, if they go to Portland, Maine, I want you to go with them. Um, and also, had some frustrations, um, was a little confused um, kind of spent the next hour or so kind of wrestling with God. Um, God, are you sure? Uh, usually God is sure, so it's a, kind of a f foolish question. But uh, was kind of going back and forth like, hmm, I don't know about that. Um, and eventually I got to the end of that prayer time and said, God, I want you to confirm it. Um, I want to know it's from you. Um, but you know that I'm going to go if you want me to go. I'm happy to do that, God. Um, so on Monday, I um, decided to share it with my parents. They were very surprised, to say the least. Um, my mom and dad were both emotional. My dad started cooking a great meal because he was a little stressed. Um, so <laughs> it was a great, <laughs> yeah, so it was an interesting time. Um, uh, still wrestling through trying to figure out if this was from the Lord. Um, and they, um, we got to the end of it and just felt like there was a lot of peace in it. Um, but the heavens didn't open up or anything, and, you know, Gabriel didn't come down and tell me I was supposed to go. So I wasn't 100% sure yet. On Tuesday at our staff meeting, I met with Matt Deason um, and was just chatting with him. He was also very surprised, um, speechless, very speechless. Um, and, uh, but interestingly enough, the way that God spoke to me um, in saying, if they go to Portland, Maine, I want you to go with them, um, was the exact same way that Matt called, uh, the Lord called Matt to plant in Spokane with Matt Karsh. Um, so that was good. Good start for confirmation, so it's a little, little bit further in getting me to go. Um, Tuesday night, the Albion shared with our missional community um, that they were going to go to Portland, Maine, um, and immediately it took everything in me not to just shout, like, I'm going with you. Um, and uh, so I, I, I knew on Tuesday for sure that I was supposed to go, um, but still just um, wanted to chat through it with people. Wednesday and Thursday, shared it with my sisters. Um, Sarah's here, Brooke is at work, um, and... Both of them had a real sense of peace about it. Um, Sarah's initial reaction actually was, um, I just think it's from the Lord. Um, Brooke, I, Brooke tends to be a little bit more emotional. I'm really in touch with her emotions. And so I was prepared for her to you know, cry. I brought tissues for our meeting. I was, you know, trying to be a great brother and just nothing. <laughs> she was just totally at peace. Um, and so um, that was also really confirming. So Friday, sorry, we're going day by day by day by day. There's only one more day. Um, on Friday, met with the elder team 
um, with Matt and Tracy and Stephen and Richard and Chris, and they shared about uh, Maine, and they were talking about the church plant, um, and then Matt kind of just threw it over to me, and it's like, Coulter, do you have anything to add? Um, uh, and I did, um, which is why I'm up on stage, <laughs> and uh, um, shared with them that uh, Chris was very surprised, as was Stephen. Um, Chris had a lot to say in his surprise, um, and coincidentally enough, um, I think you guys said on Sunday, when they were praying, they had thought, I wonder what it would be like if Coulter came with us. And so that was great confirmation. And then on um, Tuesday, when they shared it with Richard McLeod, um, Richard had been praying about it and praying over them. And every time he would pray over them, I would come into their mind, um, and into his mind, and he had no idea what that meant um, until I shared it. And uh, yeah, so here we are. That's how I'm going to Portland now. So. I feel like we should clap or something. Like, this is just, yeah, it's just awesome. Um, well, thank you guys for, for sharing. And I think this is just a beautiful story for so many reasons. Uh, one of them is that I think it's just an awesome picture of discipleship. Like, this is what we do as followers of Jesus. I was, I was a lawyer. I had every intent of remaining a lawyer. And he said, no, go do this. And there's that, that moment, that wrestling of surrender of saying, God, I feel like I'm wired for this other thing. Uh, and I'm accomplishing it. I'm doing it. Why would you strip all that away from me and yet to find a greater fulfillment on the other side of surrender? Um, and I think this is it. Like, this is how we follow Jesus. This is how we walk in step with the Spirit. This is how new churches get planted. This is, this is, this is it. This is the life. We listen and we obey. We listen and we obey. And there's a weighing. You hear the weighing of like, okay, Lord, I think that's what you're saying, but I'm going to like weigh that with my community. I'm going to look for confirmation but once you get that confirmation and that sense of like, oh yeah, God was, God's not changing his mind. So I have to change my mind um, in order to walk in his will. There's so much beauty in that. Um, there's no better life. There's no better life than, than this adventure that you guys are stepping into. So one, I, I did want us to see this picture of discipleship and this way that we live as followers of Jesus. My wife and I are in where you guys are. Of like We love Spokane. We never thought we would. We gave up everything and moved 400 miles to show up here. We love Spokane. We never want to move. But even we have an open-handedness of like, Lord, discipleship is an open-handed thing. Where do you want me? What do you want me to do? Now I'm in love with this thing. Do I need to surrender it all over again so that you can lead me into the next thing? So I wanted us to have that, that picture. I think it's a powerful picture of discipleship. But I also want us to be carrying this as a church. Uh, it, there's a sense in which over these, this has all happened in like the last few weeks, uh, but there's a sense in which over the last few weeks, this dream has been conceived. Um, and now it's almost as if we're like our church is pregnant with another church, if you want to use that analogy. Um, and like half the ladies at our church are pregnant right now, so it should be very easy for, to, to grasp this concept. But like this life is now still part of us, but growing inside of us toward this point, we're guessing... Uh, as early as like late summer, early fall 2020, um, they, this crew and maybe even more of you will be moving to 3,000 miles away to Portland, Maine. Uh, and so we're going to be um, kind of carrying this life and nurturing this life with us for the next maybe nine months uh, until you guys head out and you're kind of birthed out into the world as an independent church. Um, so we're very excited about that in terms of Hey, what does this mean for us and for all of you who are part of the community here? One, it means that we're committed to training them 
Um, so you should expect to see more of these people over the next nine months and not less as we allow them to grow in their capacity of leading and teaching and shepherding and leading worship and all of that. We want them to grow, which means they have more more time uh, learning to lead a community in preparation for leading your own community that's going to be birthed in Portland, Maine. Uh, and along the way, we're supporting them, we're building them up, we're giving uh, toward this church plant. Um, and more than anything, it means that we're committed to praying. As a church, we're behind them, we're with them, we're for them, uh, and we're praying for them. And so that's how I'd like us to just end our time this morning. We don't have a ton of time left in the gathering, uh, but I think it'd be really great if we just took a few minutes to pray, uh, not as a one-time thing over this church plant, but actually as we begin a new habit of really lifting them up in prayer over the next nine months. And so uh, what we'll do here in a second is I'll just have you turn to the people around us. If you're new to River's Edge or you're not yet a follower of Jesus or you're just terrified to pray out loud, that's totally okay. Like you don't have to pray out loud. You can just kind of sit and listen and let other people pray. But in just a minute, we're going to circle up and just spend some time um, praying for them. And there's a few specific things uh, that I want us to pray for. Um, and the first is praying for open doors in Portland, Maine. Uh, as of this moment, this team is in the same position that my wife and I were at with our team in the other Portland, in Portland, Oregon. We were preparing to come to Spokane. We knew we were called. We didn't know anyone in the city. Like, we didn't know a single person in the city of Spokane. Uh, and yet we knew we were called to come here. And so we want to pray that they would um, start, begin to connect with people, even miraculously in Portland, Maine, who are supposed to be a part of this thing, that there would be open doors. Um, there's this term that we sometimes use, praying for people of peace. Uh, and some of you have heard that term before, people of peace in the city who are going to open their doors um, to them and be part of the church plant, help host them and welcome them into the city. Uh, number two, we want to pray for uh, momentum and support both here and around the world. Uh, it's our hope that others from Spokane and even from other people from other nations would be, a call, would be called to be a part of this thing. And that means that they're praying for this thing, that they're giving toward this thing, and that some people are actually going uh, as well. So pray for that from Spokane and around the world. Uh, and finally, we want to um, pray for God's empowering presence. Because all of these guys are being called to step out and do something that they've never done before um, in many different senses of the word. And so as a team, they're stepping out in faith, but inevitably, inevitably, there's going to be um, spiritual warfare. There's going to be fears. There's going to be doubts. There's going to be challenges along the way. There's going to be that second guessing in those tough seasons. Uh, and they're going to be called to do things that they never thought they could do not by sight, but by faith, to step out and do things that they never thought they could do before. Uh, but as spiritual warfare potentially increases as they step out, as the mountains that they're called to climb actually get higher, uh, our prayer is for an increased anointing, an increased uh, empowering from the Lord. Uh, in short, we're, pay we're praying for um, greater battles, but easier victories. Uh, along the way, that as the task and the call increases, that empowering from the Lord increases even more as they step out to do those things. So uh, I'm going to have these guys 
spread out around the room and just jump into different prayer groups. So if one of them ends up in your group and you're up for it, you can pray for them, lay hands on them if you want to, encourage them, build them up. Uh, but in any case, we want to just spend uh, the next few minutes uh, praying over their church plant, and then we'll end with communion uh, and a worship song together. So go ahead, and you can mess up the chairs if you want. Do whatever you want. I'll have you guys go down. Uh, just circle up in little groups of three to five, and uh, these little prayer points will be up on the stage, and we're going to pray that God would continue writing this story.